Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Down to Earth. It's the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today is Monday, December 14th. And I think by now everybody's aware that the coronavirus vaccine is about to be distributed starting today. So the first distribution uh, of it should be today. So uh, we'll see what happens with uh, others and how that plan rolls out as it goes along. But today I want to talk about an issue that uh, has surfaced because of the coronavirus pandemic, and that is how people are dying alone and the fact that they're not dying surrounded with, by the love and support and comfort of their loved ones and what it means for the survivors. I want to talk about that a little bit today. And I'm referencing a New York Times uh, report that focused on this. And this has been something we have sort of talked about since the pandemic began, how people die alone and how uncomfortable it is for the survivors. Sometimes it might even make you wonder if perhaps they were surrounded by loved ones, would they have clung to life a little bit longer or would they perhaps not have uh, left prematurely? I mean, we all ask these existential questions because obviously the pandemic is not something that we're trying to understand. It's something that has been thrust upon us, the greatest country in the world with all the resources that we have with weapon systems and technology. And a simple common virus felled us. A simple virus took over our country and because it limited us, it also uh, limited the rest of the world. So today, uh, the, uh, it was shipped yesterday right from right here in Michigan, from Portage, Michigan, near Kalamazoo. And so it's been distributed, of course, to Metro Detroit. Some hospitals in Metro Detroit will receive their shipments, and then it will be administered. And people are saying, uh, there are some folks on my Facebook page who I suppose are either going to be recipients or have already lined up and we're in a clinical trial. Well, you're brave. <laughs> I don't know that I would ever participate in a clinical trial. I don't care what assurances they give me that it's going to be okay. I just simply, I haven't seen enough evidence of it to justify that. And it has nothing to do. Most African-Americans naturally have issues with regards to the Tuskegee experiment. But that's not the issue. I'm vaccinated with every, for every viral infection known to man. I mean, I've been vaccinated from when I was a kid to now. I think my most recent vaccination may have been 10 years ago for, uh, uh, for uh, not pneumonia. No, I'm sorry. I received one for flu shot five years ago. But it's because this particular vaccination has not had sufficient shelf life, hasn't had sufficient time to demonstrate how its side effects impact people. I want to see that first. I suppose they're going to get to the rest of us after they uh, distribute to everyone else. I don't think they have 300 million doses of the virus, of the vaccine. I don't believe they have that. So we're all not going to get it. Uh, People under 16, you have to wonder, why are they not giving it to people under 16? Because it has side effects. That's why. It's not just because they're likely to suffer from side effects. It's not because they don't need it. It's because there are side effects that want to preserve that part of humanity. The rest of us can't go. So, no, I'm not a fan of it. But 
I want to talk about something surrounding the coronavirus, and that is how in obituaries across the country, people are leaving stern warnings about the coronavirus. They're taking the opportunity to warn the public about the effects of the coronavirus. And this is for folks whose family members have died from it. And it makes you wonder why. Well, the reason is that for most people in this country, unless you were living under a rock, the coronavirus became a polarizing uh, effect this year. The president used it to downplay the virus, much to the detriment of the rest of us. All of us in the country are now paying the price for it. Now we have to police people, ask people to wear a mask, ask people have they washed our hands, can't gather for Thanksgiving or family reunions, can't gather for Christmases, can't visit with friends and family, can't do the normal stuff we normally do on a holiday, can't go shopping. Yesterday I saw someone posting on my Facebook page that they went to the mall and I'm like, Seriously, I don't know that that's something that I'm going to do right now for the next several months. Avoid large crowds as much as possible. Avoid gatherings. People are posting images of them eating in restaurants. I I think people are just tired of being shut in. You know, we're social beings and we're accustomed to going out and people are tired of being shut in. So they're responding the ways in which uh, are common and it's normal. But the truth of the matter is that this is his fault, fairly and squarely. He downplayed the virus. He knew it was going to be bad. They told him it was going to be bad. And he chose not to do something about it because he thought it would affect his chances in the election. Well, it did affect him winning the election because nobody, uh, serious people, were not going to put up with that. We have lost family and friends. We weren't able to stand with others. And our remaining family and, and, and family members while we were burying our loved ones. In a lot of situations, people have postponed the memorial services that go with funerals. So they have done the interment part of it, where the person has been laid to rest, placed in the ground. But they haven't done the other part, where we gather as a group with family and support each other. The usual things that are associated with that closure that gives us a chance to experience some support. We haven't been able to do that. So a lot of folks are writing obituaries that are typically posted in small town newspapers across the country or even on funeral homes websites. And people are leaving stern warnings about how to survive the coronavirus. People are telling each other and are telling using that opportunity to say, please wear a mask, please practice social distancing, please wash your hands frequently. Oh my God, like, do we have to repeat those things verbatim over and over again? We've watched as the current sitting president has done nothing but spread the disease by insisting that nothing is wrong. Even when he claims he was diagnosed with it, He still went out without a mask, encouraged his friends and supporters to appear without a mask. The White House became a super spreader, much to the embarrassment of the rest of us. And now we're facing a situation where here we go again. It's the craziest thing. So now people are saying, okay, my aunt, my mom, my father, my brother, my uncle has died from the coronavirus. Could you please wear a mask and social distance? 
And we're asking everyone to do that because wearing a mask does what? It deters it. It removes it. It helps. Wearing a mask is not just for you, not so much for the other person. It is for you. It means that it protects you from other people's droplets. It means it prevents you from breathing in the same air that a hundred other people inside of a Walmart are breathing. That's what wearing a mask does. And for the love of God, I cannot understand why that is the most difficult thing to do. It is a problem. Wearing a mask is necessary to stop the coronavirus. And you know how bad this has to be, that you are mourning while you're supposed to be celebrating the life of your loved one. But instead, you are mourning. And here you are telling others, using that opportunity, instead of memorializing them about their life, telling others about how they lived, what they have done, who they're related to, you find yourself telling others, using that opportunity to tell others, please wear a mask. Almost as if we're speaking to children. I think children get the message better than some adults. Have you gone out lately? Have you seen that there are people around you who simply refuse to wear a mask? They act as if it is a mark of support and loyalty to not wear a mask. Like, I am demonstrating some loyalty that I'm the toughest guy on the planet. No, you're not. You're not Teflon. And you will be felled by the coronavirus eventually if you continue to expose yourself to the virus over and over. The president has been irresponsible in that regard. Like totally irresponsible. Totally so very irresponsible about the ways in which he conducted the events around this virus. And now to the pain of others. Maybe he has not lost a family member. Maybe he has never had to stand by the graveside. Maybe he has never had to drop off a family member at, at, uh, at a hospital. Maybe that's never been his shit take. Maybe he has never had to visit someone in the hospital. Maybe he has never had to visit a family member in the hospital. So he really does not know what it is like to lose a loved one. Because maybe, just maybe if he had, then guess what? He would never have left us to the mercy of the coronavirus with the information that he had, with all the information that he was exposed to, where they told him time and time again that the virus is bad. Maybe, just maybe he would not have left the country. I know he doesn't love us. I know he doesn't care about us. I know his concern is politics. His concern is power. His concern is about making money and staying in power to prove to the whole world that he is the big man in charge. That's his thing. It's all about his ego. But somebody is going to pay. This is the thing. All these folks, over 300,000 people, have died in America from coronavirus since March. The last numbers I saw were 241,000 people died after World War II. Are you listening to me? Today, over 300,000 people have died from the coronavirus. That is shocking, right? That is extremely shocking. And nobody, the president has yet to come clean to us and say, you know what, I messed up, I'm so sorry. 
I am grieving. It seems like it hasn't penetrated him. It hasn't pierced him yet that he caused over 300,000 people to die needlessly. We're the greatest country in the world. We have the most sophisticated weapon systems. I mean, if they even want to launch an attack against us, they have to come through our fiber optic cables and attack our computer systems. They can't use man-made weapons to come against us. And we could not stop a virus to the untold grief of millions of people who are mourning. Some For some people, they have just laid them to rest, just put them in the ground, basically. Haven't had the service to bring everyone else together. Do you know what it's like to conduct a service digitally? It's, it's beyond the pale. It, it's outside of the scope of our human experience. I found myself, after reading this article last night, I found myself asking the question, what are we going to do when this is all over? Are we all going to collectively go to from one memorial service after another? We're going to have to support one another. Are we all going to just sit beside people and just hold their hands as they memorialize their loved ones? We are going to have to. We're going to have to get through this because this is going to be some telling. Right now, it's fight or flight. What we're trying to do is fight the virus so we can survive. We know we're going to lose some soldiers, but at the same time, we're trying to get to the other side of this. That's what we're doing right now, trying to find a vaccine, trying to find ways in which we can get others. It, it, it is crazy. This has come home to roost now for me. Just recently, I learned of a close friend who is almost family, who is family, who contracted the virus. I was done. This was on my birthday. I was done with that. But last night, my daughter informed me, my youngest daughter informed me that a football player from Michigan, University of Michigan, he's on the football team for the University of Michigan, someone she went to high school with. He just graduated high school. He graduated high school in June. This is someone whom they went to prom, they went to uh, four years of high schooling together, they hung out together, and all kinds of stuff. We were, he was going to go to another college, and we were all celebrating him. You know, he texted her yesterday to tell her that he has the coronavirus, and that he wants prayers, and he's asking us to pray for him. I was stunned. I'm like, but doesn't he play for Michigan? How? They have these kids playing football to satiate the ego of Donald J. Trump. And now all these young people have been exposed with debilitating remaining effects after the virus is over. Compromise their longevity and their quality of life. And you are telling me that in your stupidity, you won't wear a mask? This is why I don't go out often. This is why I don't go in the public. When I go to the stores, I sit in the car and let the girls go in. This is, I, sometimes I go out just to get some air, just to feel, just to be out. But I am not engaging because of people's stupidity. They won't wear a mask. They won't wash their hands, which is the craziest thing. And they won't use hand sanitizer. Like who does that? Won't wear masks, blowing them up. We've had such terrible, dirty habits over time. But you won't put on a mask 
so that I won't breathe the same infected air that you breathe. But you're gathering in Washington, D.C. and marching over foolishness. What Mr. Trump is not telling you all is that it's a lie. There was no fraud in the elections. He concocted that so he could get your money. He's not telling you the truth. And even if you were to hear the truth, you don't want to believe it because you want to believe in the foolishness that he's saying because it sounds good. You're too lazy to think it through. It's amazing to me. People won't look at the facts. You can't. It's like the Kraken, man. You can't get them to think straight. They drank his Kool-Aid so bad, nobody wants to accept that. Oh, my God, I really have messed up my own country by declaring that an election system that I have participated in all my life is fraud. All of a sudden, the same election systems that gave him uh, victory in 2016, all of a sudden, that same election system is rigged now. So how come it wasn't rigged? Was it rigged in its favor in 2016? So all the other Republicans who were on the ticket, that was rigged too? So maybe we should overturn all their elections then and just overturn the whole thing, and then they won't get elected. They would be wiped out. It's going to be a wipeout in a minute. They're not going to get Georgia for this stupidity because all of you, yes, all of you Trump supporters are looking real stupid right now. And maybe you just are. For some of you who claim to be Christian, but you are supporting a man. Didn't the Bible tell you not to worship anybody and not to idolize anybody, not even Jesus? They tell you don't worship any image or anything of anybody, but you're busy worshiping him. That man thrives on adulation. He wants to see people calling his name. He is such a, he's such a fragile personality that he has to have constant adulation. What does that tell you about his personality and about his ability to rule? That's the same reason why we are mourning 300,000 people dead from a virus in nine months, not nine years, not over time. In nine months, we're now averaging 3,000 deaths a day, which is the amount of people who died in 9-11 in one day. Are you hearing me? And people have found it so painful. At the same time that you are really just supposed, at the time, when you're really just supposed to be focused on laying your loved one to rest, where you are supposed to focus on their life and to tell others about who they are, you're using that opportunity to say, please wear a mask. So years from now, the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren will read the obituary of their grandparents, and it's going to talk about a mask. My children are making fun of it now. Because <laughs> their thing is, uh, when they have children and their children have children, they'll be like, Grandma, tell us about the year 2020. And she's like, oh, you will not believe what happened. They start, you know, they start role-playing it, and I'm like, I can't believe it. I cannot believe that we live in a day and time when we have to tell people to wear a mask to protect their lives. You remember, I don't remember much about the AIDS epidemic, but at that time, a lot of people were focused on the, 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 the AIDS epidemic and the situation surrounding it. And getting people to use a condom while they were having sex was a big deal. Right. And we were like, so you were having sex with multiple people. It's still amazing to me how people conduct their lives. The same people probably who won't wear a mask probably have sex with multiple partners and not wear a condom. 
The same people who don't wash their 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 hands are the same people who probably don't uh, wear condoms with multiple partners because nothing will happen because it's a it's a hoax. And uh, what were the excuses? It's a hoax. It's a liberal ideology. It was created by the Democrats for him to lose the election. 300,000 people dead. The, and his entire White House staff infected with the virus. And it was somebody else's fantasy. And you are 74 years old and you're the man in charge. And you can't wake up out of your fairy tale to realize that you have done something wrong. And on top of that, to say that the White House staffers are supposed to get the virus for, get the vaccine first. He corrected that this morning to say they would get it at an appropriate time in the program. These people who went around saying the virus was not real are the same people who got the virus. These people who refused to wear a mask, refused to wear a mask, got the virus, and went and spread it to all their family members and friends and people who worked for them. And still you all lined up and said it, it's a joke. People dying in North Dakota, South Dakota, and Nebraska, and saying that it's a joke, it's a total joke, nothing happened, denying it even at the point of death that the coronavirus was real. It's, it's just simply amazing to me. You know what I mean? It's, it's amazing. We have to stop the foolishness. How difficult can it be to wear a mask? Go out and wear a mask. Good morning. Go out and wear a mask. Put on a mask. Wash your hands frequently. At first, they had told us to wear gloves, but that became impractical because just think of how many surfaces you touch. You would have to change your gloves every time. So it's almost practical. So they told us then, wash your hands frequently. So everybody uses hand sanitizer. I've been using hand sanitizer for years. I keep it in my car, especially when you go to pump gas. During winter, I wear gloves when I pump gas. I kid you not. And not the gloves that I use on my steering wheel. I used to keep a special set of gloves in the back of my car just to pump gas. I kid you not. Because people are way freaky and weird. They would blow their noses right there in front of you and then go touch the keypad to pump gas. Oh, it's like, okay, 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 okay. Right? So uh, uh, the bitter... You have three bottles of sanitizer. I keep it in my car. I keep one as soon as you walk in my house. Uh uh-uh, put a mask on and use some hand sanitizer. Because it's not a joke anymore. It it is it is it 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 is come home to roost. Just learning about this young man, and I'm gonna ask you to keep him in your prayers. He's a football player from Michigan. My daughter went to high school with him. He contracted, he tested positive for the virus on Saturday. He's been playing ball all season long with Michigan. And now he is tested positive. And now he's asking for prayers. He's young, gifted, very smart kid. We have, you know, have high hopes for him and, and someone that he will do well. We weren't planning on the coronavirus. So many people, it's becoming so, it's getting close to home. People I know, it used to be people you knew or you associate with. Now it's people who are family people whom you are close, closely related to. In New Jersey, they still pump your gas by attendance. Wow. Must be nice. Here in Michigan, go to old Michigan, Midwest, we have to get out of the car and pump your own gas. That must be nice. I'd love to have that service again. Right? But do you see what I mean? It, it's the craziest thing. People are using 
their obituaries, their family members' obituaries to tell the rest of us to wear a mask, to tell the rest of us to social distance. It's like, I went to the pharmacy Saturday because I had to go in. And I'm, I, I, I kid you not, I'm standing at checkout, right? So imagine, you're at checkout. Okay. I'm standing at checkout. There's someone in front of me at the cash register. There is six feet between me and that person. But the person just pulled up behind me. That person was not six feet behind me. So I turned around and looked. Like, seriously. They were not six feet behind me. And they didn't have a mask on. So I stepped out of the line so that they could go do whatever they felt like they needed to do. People are just weird. Like, no, you're not going to pass your germs on to me because now I'm getting paranoid about it, right? A basketball player fell on court Saturday, tested positive, unknown pass out on court. You see what I'm saying? So he tested positive in the summer, and he thought he recovered. So that's what, four months ago, and now he's passed out. This is what I'm saying, the long-term effects. I know I know of someone else here in Michigan who who actually had the virus and who survived it. She had to go through therapy and all that and who went back into the hospital with the virus again. And she's young. This is a young person, right? So, uh, so it's affecting young people. And to me, it's giving them illnesses they wouldn't normally have had. And I suspect in a few months, by March or April of next year, we're going to see more people coming forward saying that they have another type of illness as a result of the coronavirus. You see what I'm saying? They're not telling us the truth. You're right. They're not telling us the truth. And it's hard to trust a system that is not truthful that did not tell us from the first, from the get-go, how dangerous exposure to this virus was, that it's okay, you can go out, nothing is wrong, it's a hoax, it's not going to happen, and people were dropping dead. I really feel that contracting the virus is going to, even if you don't develop symptoms, even if you don't go into the hospital, I feel like it will come back. Over the weekend when I learned that uh, a friend had it. He said he was asymptomatic for a while, just mild symptoms to now. It's been almost 19 days since he's had it. So it's, he's still, you know, just mild symptoms, more like a flu, even though he tested positive. And I said to him, that's the kicker right there. you got to be careful. Do not go back out because you feel like you feel better. And then you go out and then unknown to you, the virus had worked on your system your systems of survival, your cells, your major organs, and has done critical damage. And you don't know that, so you think you're okay, and boom, you're out of the game. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. If you ever believe the government going to save you within six months, <laughs> no. I don't know who believes that, because I don't. I just simply don't. I just, uh, here's the thing. I've lived long enough to see other vaccines role plays and rollouts. I've never seen a vaccine come to the fore so quickly. According to what they told us from the beginning, this virus was called the novel coronavirus. That means this particular mutation of the coronavirus was new to them, right? That's what they said. That's what they said. So if it was new to them, that means 
the other vaccines that they had in storage did not work for it. So they had to develop a vaccine for it, okay? But what are the clinical trials of it? As far as I understand about epidemiology and and, uh, infection control, right, is that you give, for me to survive the flu virus, you give me the flu. Then my body raises up antibodies to fight it. So what they're giving people, they're giving some people placebos, and they're, it's like a clinical, it's a mass clinical trial, and they're giving people the virus. So I put it out on my Twitter feed that I'm going to not take the virus, and people were coming at me like, well, even if you get Bell's palsy, it's better than dying. And I'm like, why would I want to get Bell's palsy? Well, you can survive Bell's palsy. I don't want to get Bell's palsy. I don't want to get anything. So I'm not talking about not taking it. And I don't believe that public officials demonstrating publicly that they're taking the virus. No, they're going to take a placebo. They're not going to take it because it's not effective and there's no efficacy. There is not enough uh, track record and there's not enough data to support this efficacy and the fact that it has reduced side effects that are not going to be life-threatening or side effects that will not produce comorbidities in two to three years. Make no mistake about it. What you're seeing long-term The Republicans are aware, they have the knowledge and the data that tells them that in a few years, the coronavirus is going to become a pre-existing condition. That's why they're saying they don't want, they're putting it in the stimulus bill, that uh, they don't want uh, people to sue employers if you got it for employers. That is why, because they know. And you can't, this is not a conspiracy theorist. You got to listen to all sides of the facts. And we're not listening to all of it. You're literally sitting there like you're dumb. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, I'm just going to line up and just put it in my arm. This is not the day and time for that. They're, They're practicing herd immunity. I warned you all months ago that they're practicing herd immunity on us, where as many people as possible are exposed to it. And then they're going to say, well, we tried vaccines and it didn't work. They're hoping the vaccine will inoculate enough people and immunize enough people that it will contain the virus. That's like putting hope in a jar. That's like me saying, okay, I have wrinkles, so I'm going to use a cream to reduce wrinkles. Does that make sense? No. Wrinkles are caused by a fracture in the skin, so putting a cream on it is not going to make it any better. Well, it's the same thing with, with, with giving the vaccine, hoping that people will be, enough people will be immunized. No, it's not going to work. None of these measures are going to work. This is a plague, man, and it's going to be here for a while. And it is very painful to those of us who have had to lay to rest loved ones. We, it is very painful to read people's obituaries. My Facebook page has gone back again to being filled with RIPs. RIP to my auntie, my uncle, my grandma, my cousin, my mom, my son, my nephew, my this. My, it, is, it has gone back to that. It has gone back to people saying, oh, my God, I can't believe I tested positive. It is crazy. It is crazy. Stupidly crazy because this should never have happened because of one man's ego. And, yes, I'm holding you all accountable because you all supported the egotism of this crazy person who now has held the entire country hostage. How do you feel about that? And you're still in denial that there is a virus? Are you kidding me? And everybody now knows something. 
who has tested positive. So this massive conspiracy, the entire healthcare system is in this conspiracy, right? The entire, and all the people who are die, who have died are part of the conspiracy. Sure, that makes a lot of sense, right? It, it's, just, it's just crazy, y'all. It's the craziest thing. It is, it, it, uh, it's telling all of us that we have issues and it's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. So I, I am, if I sound a little bit harsh, it's because I am now worried about some people around me, <laughs> including this young man who is barely 18. He's not even 19 yet and who was tested positive for it, has his whole life in front of him. He's a football player. So his whole life, all that he can be is right in front of him. And instead of worrying about whom he's dating or what his next move is going to be, he has to worry about surviving the coronavirus. Unbelievable, right? Uh, somebody's asking me if I do, do you think 5-gram part of issue and COVID-19? 5G, uh, 5G is ridiculous. I don't think there's any... We, we're all surrounded by microwave rays all the time. I mean, it takes microwave rays to power our cell phones. Microwave rays generate the connectivity between those towers for radio transmission and television transmission. I don't believe in 5G. That was some crazy cracking story. What I do know is that the coronavirus is exactly what it is. It's a biologic tool of biological warfare. It is a virus that started in China, that they had no grip on. When it was happening in China, they didn't tell us the full truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And if China is saying they have a grip on it now, that's hardly likely. If America and Europe cannot get a grip on it, it's hardly likely that China would. China is a much bigger country. Most of their country is still like in the 1800s where they have to there's not even transportation to get there. They're still riding horses to go into some parts of the countryside. So how would you have a handle on it? You see what I mean? So now I think it's a virus that is passed through the air that you breathe it in, it touches you, and it's, you're done. And if you, when you breathe it in, either through your mouth or through your nostrils or through your eyes, it goes into your breathing systems, your lungs, and it goes into your heart into your heart, and it controls what your body functions become. It shuts you down, literally. That's what it does. That's what I believe. That's what I, I have observed and seen. And I'm telling you the honest truth. I, I never liked staring at uh, caskets. I have gotten so used to seeing caskets on my Facebook page. Now it's, it's shameful. I never, I, I never liked it, but now it's like normal, right? Some people feel like if you can't live fully like movie and sports, then they don't want to live. They must not have lives that are meaningful. That's what I think. I value my life. I want to live. So I practice the very methodologies that the scientists tell us will mitigate this. I practice it. They say, wash your hands frequently. My hands are dry. I have dry skin because I've always washed my hands several times a day. I use hand sanitizer to, with alcohol that it dries out my skin. I make sure I, I spray my house. I've always sprayed my house with uh, Lysol. When my kids were little, I used to spray their backpacks and their coats down with Lysol during winter. <laughs> they used to say I was fumigating them. Shh. 
right? But I have never, I, I, this virus is, some of the top ed, epidemiologists I've spoken to, people are like, we don't know. We really don't know. We're trying. So this is a math experiment. They're trying. And for some, some people are going to get a placebo, and they're going to pretend that it is what it is. Don't believe them. Don't believe them. Until I see three months from now, the people who have taken the virus, taken the vaccine, I want to see what they're doing in three to four months. Then I'll know. Then I will know what to do. I, I kid you not. That's just how I see it. I am very sorry for for all these folks in this New York Times story. You know, I, I, I if you've ever had to bury a loved one, you know what I'm talking about. House, I've watched House. Yeah, that movie, that show on TV, I've watched it. I've also watched Contagion and Elysium. <laughs> the movies that Hollywood makes that kind of tell us what they're planning to do. I, I still, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how the coronavirus got so out of hand that it scares the doctors. If, if, if it were a real conspiracy theory that they brought this for population control, as some scary people are saying, you got to ask yourself the question. They wouldn't want to get rid of doctors and nurses, though. You see what I mean? They wouldn't want to get rid of that. So that throws that question out. And when you look at scientists who are saying they're scared of it, and, and you're looking at people who have worked in infection control and immunology and epidemiology for, for years, for decades, and they're saying this is uncontrollable, this, I can't control this, and people really need to pay attention, that's when you really know to pay attention. Right? And I think we all should. I think we all owe a duty of care to ourselves, to our communities, to our families and loved ones. And especially the most vulnerable among us. I'm so glad my mom is not here because she would have gotten it. And I don't know how I would have felt about that. Just think of all our, we're losing a part of us. We're losing our parents, our grandparents, right? We're losing our aunts, our uncles. We're losing people who value, who are valuable to us. You realize what this has taught us. We used to think that going to Thanksgiving was all about the food. What we realized that we really miss, we miss the person. We miss talking to them. We miss their hugs. We miss their kind words. And we miss their cooking. Yes, because I some days I think about my mom's cooking. We miss the person. That's what this is all about. If anything else this has taught us about, it has taught us the pleasure and the joy and the importance of connectivity, the importance of connection, of connecting to someone. That's what this has taught us. It is part of what hurts us is watching a Zoom funeral service, knowing that the person died without your support and love, and they're laid out in a casket by themselves, totally alone, and you will not be there to hold their hands. I remember when mom died, that's how I felt. I said, but she, I kept saying she can't go because she's going to be alone. Don't take her. She can't be alone. And mom and I were not like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, but just looking at it, you said, but she's alone. It is such a lonely experience. That is frightful for the survivors. On top of the fact that you have to drop your relative off at the hospital and that you will never see them again. On top of that, you have to contend with the fact that they died alone, they're buried alone, and there's nothing that you can do about it. I am telling you, I'm begging you, 
for the love of God, please wear a mask. Even if no one else is doing it, practice social distancing. I know Christmas is coming in a few days. It's only today is the 14th, so we have less than 11 days. I know that we want to gather with our friends and family, but the post-Thanksgiving surge is here now. And it didn't just, the thing with this surge, it just went straight to hospitalization. The people who contracted it after Thanksgiving, they're in hospitals now. Please, I am begging you, please wear a mask. Practice social distancing. Wash your hands frequently. Please, for the love of God, let's try to be here after next year so we can all get together and have a gigantic celebration. Maybe after summer next year, like in the fall, like for fall. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? right? September, October next year, we all just get together, the whole world, all of America, we just come together and we just say, thank God we're here, just so grateful to be here. Can we just plan for that? The way we're going to achieve that is we're going to get that done by wearing a mask, by social distancing, by washing our hands. I am begging you on behalf of all the people who have lost loved ones, my heart is broken. The collective grief that we're all dealing with, the mental health issues that are going to emanate from this is going to be unbelievable. We have to be mindful and kind to others. If you can do something kind for someone, please do it. Because we need kindness at this point. We need kindness. Don't wait on Mr. Trump. He doesn't care. He's going to his mansions in just a few, and he doesn't care what happens to us. But you do. Thanks so much, everybody. This is Kamek. Thanks so much. This is as down to earth as I can get. Today is Monday, December 14th. Have a terrific Monday. Have a motivational Monday. And go visit my pages on Google as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever your favorite podcast platform is, as well as go to my website, HarrietKamek.com. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed.